Welcome to The Grow Show with me as your host, Joe Camerato. I am an entrepreneur who created my company, National Business Capital, from literally $0 out of my spare bedroom to over $2 billion in business loans secured for entrepreneurs nationwide. Since 2007, I have seen just about every type of business. I provide money and help entrepreneurs access capital to scale fast, but I also know that it's possible for you, as you scale, to replace yourself to build systems, processes, and great teams of people that can live on without you so you can actually enjoy your life and your company can still grow. I will not only tell you the peaks and valleys of my story, but I will also bring on world-class entrepreneurs to tell their stories and share their lessons on their growth journeys. Welcome to The Grow Show. All right, welcome to The Grow Show. With me is your host, Joe Camberato. Uh, thank you for joining and tuning in. As you guys know, my show is all about featuring entrepreneurs, growing their business, uh, making it happen. And uh, today I've got Corey Chomsky on, um, who has got a really cool story, which I'm excited to hear, um, was in the military Navy and simultaneously growing uh, his business. Um, so I definitely want to hear about that. Uh, Corey was a former Navy officer um, who built a successful real estate investment business called Fair Winds Capital. Well, in the Navy, he started his real estate investing career by purchasing distressed single-family properties and managing their renovation processes. As part, as a partner at Fairwinds Capital Investment, Corey manages commercial real estate syndications across three coastal states. He's a general partner for nine apartment syndications in Virginia, Florida, Maryland, and Texas. Overall, Corey, Corey's portfolio consists of $100 million in assets under management with over $10 million in res, uh, renovations. He helps folks build wealth through creating passive income in real estate, but also has a specialty helping military folks building wealth through investing in homes. Love that. And uh, Corey has a book called One House at a Time that teaches people how to build wealth one house at a time in order to build a portfolio. Really good stuff. Thanks for being on the show, Corey. Yeah, thanks, Joe. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Uh, although I will say the I am working on the book. It's It's not quite out yet, so... Uh, Got it. Something that okay. I'll look forward to in the future. Okay, great. No worries. Uh, we'll circle back to that when it launches. I, I look forward <laughs> to it and look forward to reading it. And uh, yeah, so I guess, you know, please tell me, tell me your story. You know, you're in the Navy and then, you know, getting started in real estate. Like how, how did all that, you know, how that happen? Yeah. So um, my parents used to invest in real estate. Not, not a lot. They had a very small portfolio, but uh, I wasn't really involved with that much when I was a kid, so it didn't really stick with me. I mean, real, I really got the real estate bug uh, several years later after I enlisted in the Navy. Uh, one of my senior enlisted advisors, um, he was talking to us about, you know, how he was looking to build wealth outside of your typical avenue in the Navy. And the way he did that was through real estate. And he was talking about how his goal was to be a millionaire by the time he was 40. And he was going to meet that goal early. And so, you know, I didn't really have too many long conversations with him in terms of his real estate journey, but I still remember that conversation today. And that was, I think, really more when the real estate bug got planted in me. Um, I wasn't able to start investing in real estate, or at least that was, you know, that was probably a limiting belief that was stopping me at that point. But I, you know, that was something that stuck with me and it kind of grew as I, you know, continued my path in the Navy. And so um, as I kind of worked through the Navy, I eventually got commissioned at the University of Wisconsin and uh, went on to my first ship uh, where that 
you know, kind of still stuck with me. And I remember one of my commanding officers asking me, hey, where do you see yourself in five years? And it was one of those things that typically what they're looking for is like, you know, continue to stay in the Navy, progress along my, you know, career milestones. But, you know, in addition to that, I talked about the fact that I also wanted to invest in real estate. And it just kind of showed the mindset of people in the Navy. And really probably, you know, a lot of people can relate to this outside of the Navy, whether in corporate America. They, they don't really care about that. They want to make sure that you're going to continue to progress and serve the overall organization. And so, you know, he kind of chuckled and he's like, oh, you'll always have time for that. But in reality, you don't always have time for that if you don't get started. And so after that, you know, I uh, eventually got stationed in Washington State where I initially bought my first property, my wife and I, when we moved up there. Uh, We were able to purchase it with our VA loan. We didn't have to bring any money to the table due to uh, negotiations we had with the, the developing company that built our home. Um, and in fact, this was the same time that they were trying to get new home buyers to purchase homes. So we got a, uh, a government um, tax incentive of $8,000. So we technically got paid $8,000 to close on our first home. Nice. Uh, yeah, I, uh, this is uh, kind of that this series of real estate transactions is, is one of my favorites. Um, so our we didn't really know much about real estate at the time. I just knew like, hey, as long as I pay my mortgage. I think I should be good to go. And unfortunately, that's a that's a mindset that a lot of people in the military have. Is they're like, hey, you know, they got part of it right in that you get that equity pay down if you're paying down on your mortgage, but that they are leaving out a large portion of the equation in terms of other potential expenses that you then could potentially have to come out of pocket. And so yeah. I unfortunately had that mindset at that time. Um, luckily for us, we had a new new build home. We lived in it for a couple of years before we moved on. But our, our goal was to basically turn it into a rental when we when we got stationed somewhere else. We were looking to stay there, but, you know, we knew the chances with the Navy that it was kind of up in the air. So um, so we turned it into a rental and um, we had some vacancy right away in the beginning. But really, we got lucky with this property in that once we filled it like two months later we never had another single day of vacancy until we sold it uh just a few years ago so we got really lucky in that um and then when we sold it we took that equity and since we were in the military we were able to uh not have to pay any capital gains on it because we had lived in it two and ten years as opposed to two and five years and then we parlayed that into three additional properties, a couple of duplexes and a quad, which then turned that $8,000 that we got. So no money out of pocket into a million dollars worth of real estate. Wow. And yeah, it was. So like I said, that that to me is one of my favorite stories. And although I was buying other properties kind of in in and around this this series of transactions, I really like to point to that as the power of real estate in that. You know, I used the benefit that was available to me. There's other equivalents to the VA loans, like FHA loans, um, that could have you do something like that. But that, to me, is just showed the power to, of real estate and really got, you know, me in the mindset of I needed to grow my own portfolio to ensure that I could build wealth uh, beyond what other people were doing. Yeah, absolutely. And and the two and five and the two and ten. I know if you live in it for two years, it changes capital gains. But the two and five is what if you live in it for two years and then owned it for five, 
And then yeah, so if you uh, if you lived in that. it, yeah, if you yeah. if you lived in it two out of the last five years for just anyone, and you sell it at some point, um, yeah, within that five years, you don't have to pay capital gains on uh, capital gain tax on it. So if you had it as a rental for three of those five years, and you lived in it in the other two, and are able to show that you don't have to pay capital gains on that. And then what's the two and ten? It's the same concept, but the government recognizes that due to the nature of the military that you may be pulled out of your home. And so they give you more flexibility. Oh, they give you two. And OK, it's got it. So if it yeah. goes past the 10. So I, I see what you're saying. So if you go past the five years, so if you live in it for two and you rented it for three, so five years, if you go past the five years, does anything happen or? Yeah, then you uh, you'll you'll get charged capital capital long-term capital gains tax on I see. profit from that home. I see. So if you live in it for two and sell it within five, you avoid the capital gains. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize, I didn't, I knew that the two year thing, but I didn't realize that you had to sell it within a certain time period afterwards. Yeah. I mean, obviously uh tax loss change. So whenever someone's listening to this, obviously consult with. Yeah. Uh, check with your accountant. hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Yeah. Full disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> I always like to throw yeah. it out that out there. Yeah, yeah, no worries. I, but I didn't realize I didn't know there was a timeline on after it, and that's just good to know. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so it's really cool. And, and and you were just like in the military for four years. How, how long were you in the military for? Uh, just under twenty three years. Wow. Yeah. So uh, your military really was was your career, correct? Yeah, and uh, you know I've gone full time real estate since then. So I mean, this is basically what I do on a on a day to day basis now. Is you know deal with issues that may arise from our portfolio, look at future potential acquisitions, and just handling the money associated with it. Makes sense. When when did you complete the military? The almost twenty three years. And thank uh, you for October, your service, by the way. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, I retired October of 2021, so it's been yeah. not quite two years yet. Okay, and 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 what? How many years ago did you start the real estate, you know, portfolio? Because I mean, you grew to a serious amount of assets under you know management. Yeah, the uh, that first house that I mentioned in Washington, I bought that a little over 11 years ago, and okay. really got serious when I moved to where I'm now, which is the Hampton Roads area of Virginia. And so I bought my second home here in 2015. And then I was able to grow that at a very consistent basis over the next several years and then started in the syndications uh, a couple of years ago as well. Got it. And, and, and when the syndications are people are syndicating on the deals that you're going and buying, finding and sourcing? Yeah, so we basically operate as a GP team. We bring in limited partners to help us bring together all the capital to close on the deal, and then we operate it. Uh, they're referred to as limited partners because they have uh, limited liability in it, so they're only restrict their only loss is restricted to what they put into the deal, as opposed to you know any potential liability that you could face as a general partner. Absolutely. Yeah. It's actually interesting because a lot of structures, you know, there's a lot of like, like syndication deals out there, which is like an LLC. And a lot of people don't understand the importance of a GPLP structure. And as you know, if you are investing in the deal as a limited partner to make sure that that structure is set up, um, a, a lot of people don't understand that, you know, when you go in, you know, depending on how the LLC is structured, 
and there's a lot of different operating agreements and, and different things, and, and you could still have limited liability on a, a regular LLC deal. But when there's usually not that structure, it usually means a, a lack of sophistication from the uh, you know person um, you know managing uh, you know that investment group. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of different ways to structure it. Uh, one way where you're not necessarily going into a syndication is through a joint venture. And then through that, the, the paperwork's actually probably a little bit easier, uh, depending on everyone's attorney that's involved. Uh, more than likely, you'll have less legal costs. Um, like for our deals, we have to go and get an SEC attorney involved. They go and put together the uh, private placement memorandum, uh, which kind of that in conjunction with the operating agreement is really what defines the deal and should give the limited partner all of the information that they need to really vet the deal. Uh, that yep. being said, it's it's probably not a bad idea for them to have their own attorney go and look at it, uh, yep. just to make sure that you know everything's in up and up since they are putting you know a significant amount of money in there. I mean, a lot of syndication deals, your minimum investment is either fifty or a hundred thousand dollars, and that may go up depending on the the syndicator. Yeah. And, and what type of deals do you guys focus on, you know, when when you're doing, uh, you know, the multifamily or office buildings or. Yeah. So for most part, ours are, you know, value add multifamily deals where it's over uh, 100 units. And, you know, it depends on the specific market, but we'll kind of talk about market conditions and the private placement uh, memorandum. So it, it's really, you know. C plus the B value add apartment complexes that we're, we're really looking at. Um, we have done syndications where it's a little bit different than that. We even have one that's like a real extreme outlier. Um, we purchased the Navy, Navy Academy Alumni Association home in Annapolis, Maryland. Um, just way different oh, wow. than any of the, our other deals. I mean, it's, it's three, you know, historic homes that we're looking to turn into a historic inn. And then operate it. Very cool. So That's really yeah, cool. way different. But the fact that it was like connected to the Navy and that we, we yeah, in the background, we kind yeah. of jumped at it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really that's great. I'm sure that's exciting for you. I mean, you know, and you spent some you know serious time committed to the Navy, so that's got to be great to be able to be in a position to do that. You know. Yeah, yeah, we're uh, we're excited for that project. Still, still in the the early, or not really the early phases, but still working things out with the city to kind of, you know, permitting and zoning and all that stuff, and it's taking taking a while. <laughs> that stuff's always fun, and yeah. trust me, if you lived in New York, it would take a lot longer. <laughs> we're we're on like two years right now, so it's it, uh, it's so crazy. Yeah. Government just doesn't get business, and it's such a joke, um, and and it's silly because what you're looking to do is the right thing, and and probably bring something, restore something keep something intact and bring something really cool to the community, you know, and create an in. And it's just amazing to me how slow government can move. And, you know, listen, if you weren't in such a great position with what you've built, most people couldn't withstand two years waiting for a permit, you know? Um, so it's, it's like, it's just government doesn't get that. It, it drives me crazy. Just especially with I do in, in funding businesses and seeing people get stuck with permitting. It's just a joke. Yeah. I mean, we, we, anticipated it taking some time but it, it's definitely exceeded the amount of time that we thought it would take at this point yeah yeah it's a shame so any 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 stories to share about your military career any wild or scary situations uh i don't know if it's wrong to to ask that but uh 
Uh, in terms of real estate or just in general? No, in, in, in your military career. Ooh, um, so, I mean, I've, I've been in, in a couple, what would be classified from the DOT's perspective, like combat areas. Um, I never really saw combat because I was in the Navy on ships kind of out to sea. So, I mean, I never really, I mean, the closest I got, we, we were on deployment in 2016, um, conducting operations off of Libya. Um, we got really close to the, the shoreline there, but you know, we didn't really take any fire or anything, but there was active combat just off the shore in, in that city. So, I mean, I, I was, in, I was at that time, I was what was called a, when I was on watch, I was a, a tactical action officer. Um, so, you know, I had drone videos and stuff like that flight, you know, from jets that were flying ashore or drones that were coming ashore. So, you know, that was kind of the extent of my exposure to any true combat was through, um, through drone video. Um, Got what was kind of interesting was, um, one of my later bosses, while I was doing that Libya operation, he was in the Red Sea and w had some anti-ship cruise missiles shot at him. Uh, oh, wow. And, uh yeah, that was that was a while ago. They were able to the, either the missiles failed or they were able to engage and knock down those missiles. Thankfully, um, yeah, thank God. Yeah, so it was. Um, I think that was probably the most recent combat operations that a, an actual ship has seen, other than us like um, bombing ashore or something like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've been a lot of time on aircraft carriers, so our aircraft saw a lot of combat when I was either over in the Gulf or like I said, off the coast of Libya. Got How long were you out to sea? Like, how, you know, how long, like what were the periods of time? Was it, you know, weeks, months? Uh, my longest deployment, I don't remember if it was, it was over eight months. So it was between eight and nine months. We were, we were, I was back when I was on the Stennis. Uh, when I was on Truman, we did, I think a little over eight months, but it was kind of split up. So we came back to Norfolk for several weeks and then we went back out. So it was kind of split into two. Got um, longest sustained time out sea was that Libya operation where I think we were off the coast of Libya of Libya for over 130 days. Oh, wow. So, That's a yeah, long time. Was, <laughs> a lot of people get antsy. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say being on, and, and, and you're on the ship the whole time, right? So I, in that in that 130 days, yeah. I mean, when we're on ships, we we typically will pull in for a port call. Um, we didn't really get much of a port call in that deployment. Um, I think after the 130 days, we pulled into Greece for just some upkeep stuff for like eight days. Okay, uh, but, that's nice. Get out and stretch your legs a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Um, but I mean, it, it kind of depends on the type of ship and how long you have in ports and how frequent you, frequently you stop. So, yeah, it's uh. Like I said, that that hundred and thirty plus days of straight underway time was was a lot. That's great. That's yeah, definitely and and you know so you're doing all that. You're on ships. You're out to sea, and then at the same time, you're building this real estate business. I mean, I definitely have a, a, a lot of respect for you there and thinking that way. Because I don't think a lot of people think that way. And, and you know, I think it's. I always tell you know, I think it's important for business owners because a lot of entrepreneurs watch my show. Like you always have to have like your money growing for you. So even though if you're in your business, you own a business, you might like a lot of money, but like, what are you doing outside of your business? You know, your main business was, you know, the military, but you were building something outside. Um, 
was that difficult? Was like, what challenges, you know, came along with that? Um, you know, or, you know, you know, was it easier? Like what were the things that you could put in place to make that, you know, were able to make that happen, especially if you're out for 130 days? Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, definitely some unique challenges with being uh, an investor in the Navy and trying to continue to invest and build your portfolio while, while you're going out to sea. Um, I mean, my time in Norfolk where I built the vast majority of my portfolio, I mean, I was on two back-to-back sea tours, uh, which were considered like milestone, you know, tours for me where I was doing my department head rides. Um, some are easier than others, but you know, it was just, I had to make it a priority. And so, um, you know, my second, my second ship that I was on, that was definitely more of a struggle, but I continued to make a lot of progress because, um, so I, it, what my specialty was in the Navy, I was uh, a surface war warfare officer with a nuclear subspecialty. So when I was on an aircraft carrier, I was, you know, operating nuclear power plants because we have two oh, wow. aircraft carriers. And so with the position that I was in when I was on that tour was very demanding. And um, just a normal day, I was probably working 10 to 12 hours at least. And then unnormal, abnormal days, I it wouldn't be uncommon for me to be there 18 plus hours a day. So wow. I, I had to make it a priority. And, you know, I even... While on that tour, I closed on a deal while I was out to sea on on deployment. So yeah. it was it was definitely uh, it, and one of the things I stress to people is that you you have to build a team, and their their concept of what a team is is a little different than what is meant by that. But it's you know it's people that are going to help you run and build your own portfolio. They don't necessarily have to work for you per se. And so, you know, I'd spent time leading up to that tour, building my team. And so, you know, through the through them, I was able to continue to operate my my portfolio, find new deals and then close those deals. And so um, it's not quite like someone investing at a distance, but it has a lot of the same concepts just because, you know, you had the added obstacle of, you know, dealing with a closing while you're on a, a ship that's over overseas. So, yeah, and it wasn't a cruise ship, and you weren't having was, fun at a party. <laughs> yeah, definitely not a cruise ship. <laughs> it wasn't a business lounge for you to take a call and do a closing. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, but but it just shows you like if you want to make it happen, you know, and and you and and what your I think the key word you said is priority. You know, and and I and I think today, you know. A lot of people have priorities all over the place. Every and you know, I see and and you know, um, everybody wants more things and wants stuff to happen. But it's like, where are your real priorities? And you know, you're putting in you know twelve to eighteen hour days and still figuring out while you're out to sea to like close deals and make it happen. It, it definitely a lot of respect for you, you know, and like you know, doing that. So I, I know it definitely couldn't have been easy, and that's why I asked you the question. Yeah. Um, but it just, you know, it's amazing what happens when you make things priorities. And I just feel like today a lot of people just aren't willing to take, you know, there's a lot of sacrifice you had to make. You had sacrifices being in the military, you know, and then sacrifices, you know, while you're in the military to put your, you know, any of your spare time into this versus, you know, maybe going out and drinking and letting loose, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, so so definitely have a lot of respect. It probably took, you know, I'm I'm just guessing it, it had to take a lot of discipline and you know, focus and, and sacrifice to do what you did while also, you know, you know, having a, a career for as long as you did in the military. 
Yeah, I mean, it. I mean, in the end, it really it breaks down to everyone has 24 hours, and it's it's about how you want to prioritize what you're going to do in those 24 hours a day. And so, I mean, that meant that, you know, in that job, I there was a lot of times where I had to, I got called in on my on my days off. You know, not that I necessarily had every weekend off, but even days that I was supposed to have off, I got called into the ship. And so it was it was not easy to say, hey, I have this day off. I want to go tour a bunch of houses that are on the market that I'm interested in in buying, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm taking away from family time. And I mean, my my wife, she was very understanding. She was very supportive, which is obviously a, a, a big thing that you need, especially when you have so many other things that are drawing on your time. So, I mean, she she understood the long term goal. And she helped support me as I look to build a future for our family. So, it, I mean, a lot of, like I said, a lot of things, and it's really boils down to what you prioritize, whether that's short-term or long-term thinking. Really good stuff. And it, it, it definitely helps to have a supportive, you know, partner, wife, you know, in the background that's on the same page, understanding the goals, you know, because I definitely see people that, you know, want to grow and be better in life, in business or their career. Um, where their relationship really holds that back because they're not really understanding the goals or what what it takes and the sacrifice to uh, you know to move the needle and to get um, to hit those goals and, and move beyond where you currently are. So definitely uh, great stuff. Shout out to your wife. Yeah, I mean she's she's obviously getting a lot of the benefits now beyond just you know financial. I mean I work from home now, and so I'm here when stuff needs to happen for the kids. You know, I'm able to kind of assist and help with certain things that occurred from the house that, you know, stuff that had to be 100% on her previously because I was gone a lot, you know. And so there, there's definitely an added benefit beyond just the financial aspect of it in that you get to be as flexible as you want with your time, what you're doing with your time. And we get to go on a lot more vacations now, which obviously is is great. So, I mean... She understood that then, and you know it's paying dividends now beyond just the financial nature of it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, really good stuff. It takes time to grow anything, you know, good. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes sacrifice and a lot of focus and prior to, prioritization. So, great stuff. Awesome. So, you know, what? Where can folks find out about you and what you're doing? And and are you actively taking on syndication partners? Uh, if so, you know, where can they go? You know, learn more about that stuff. Yeah, so um, you can find our syndication stuff at our website, uh, fairwindscapital.com. Uh, oh, or, you know, we're all over social media. We are um, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. And from there, you can also find the, the course that I'm putting together called One House at a Time, where, you know, it's really geared towards, um, you know, folks in their mid 20s to mid 30s who are looking to kind of build their portfolio similar to me you know it's you, you obviously have to have a passion for it it's it's harder to do anything if you if you don't really care about it um, but it's really geared towards those folks that are looking for alternative investment strategies beyond what you know what everyone you know mutual funds or necessarily stock or your 401k depending on what you know what's really getting pushed to you at you know wherever you're at like for us in the Navy, they, they really pushed TSP. But again, you know, I, I was kind of of the mindset that I wanted something that I could be more flexible with, control. And that includes like when I could access that money as opposed to waiting to when I'm in my 60s to really access money. And so 
you know, I'm really targeting people that kind of have that same mindset, um, but they they don't know where to start. And so that's that's what I'm looking to accomplish with the course that I'm putting on as well. Great stuff. Makes complete sense. And what's one growth tip that you would leave uh, the audience with today as we wrap up here? Yeah, one of the things that I was not great with in the beginning was networking. And you got to do it right. But as you build your network, it really increases increases the opportunity for, you know, different opportunities, I should say, increases different opportunities to come your way. The more you go out there and let people know that you're investing in real estate, that you are experienced, you know what you're talking about, the more likely deals are going to come to you. And it, it was really, you know, two or three years down the road after I really started here in Norfolk that I started the networking. And that's when I had opportunities to start buying properties that were off market undervalued that really had that value add component to it that really allows you to force appreciation at those properties. And that's where you really can build your 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 wealth right there is is through those opportunities. Not that you can't do it on MLS, but it's it's really that networking opportunity that you really find those home run deals. Yeah, 100%. I couldn't agree, agree more. And that's in all types of business. It's really getting yourself out there. You got to build a business, build a team, and be able to get yourself out there um, to network yourself, learn, grow, get yourself around other people, you know, doing things. And, and that's where great partnerships, great ventures, um, and, and just all different types of opportunities, you know, wind up showing up. So really great advice and a great tip. Thank you so much for being on The Grow Show, Corey. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. Keep growing your uh, real estate portfolio. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Be well.